0: Hey, Advisorist Nation, you're listening to the Advisorist Podcast, the most loved podcast for insurance and financial advisors worldwide that want to grow faster, increase commissions and build a lifestyle you love. London to New York, Montreal to Munich, Austin to Australia, shut down distractions, get focused, grab your notepad. It's time for Advisorist. Let's do this.
1: Hi, this is Jeremiah Demre, founder of Advisorist, and it gives me great pleasure and really it's an incredible honor to introduce to you one of the hosts of the Advisorist podcast, Michael Levin. Michael is not only a personal friend, but he's one of the most established ghostwriters in the nation and a New York Times best-selling author who's written, co-written or ghostwritten over 550 books, hundreds of them. In the financial services arena, of which eighteen are national bestsellers, uh, there's you would be hard pressed to find somebody that hasn't been in more outlets than Michael. He's been on Shark Tank, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Politico, The L.A. Times, The Boston Globe, Writer's Digest, CBS News. I mean, the guy has even had his work optioned and made for film by Steven Soderbergh of Paramount, HBO, Disney, ABC, Frank Perry and so many more. He ghost wrote for some of the biggest names in sports and business, including Dave Winfield, Pat Summerall, Howard Bragman, former Schwab CEO David Patrick, marketing legend Jay Abraham, NBA star Doug Christie, and the list goes on and on and on. And as the host of All Eyes on You, Michael will bring his unique blend of insights and wisdom as it relates to using books to get to the level of your dreams that you've always desired. They are one of the most powerful introduction tools that financial advisors and insurance agents can use today. I know when I got my book written, oh my, did the doors open up. And so that's why I'm so excited to have Michael hosting All Eyes on You as part of the Advisorist Network. Michael, take it away, my friend.
2: Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming on board today and you're in for a treat. We're going to be speaking with one of the very top publicists, if not the top guy in the media world. It's, his name is Joe Marsh. He's the founder and president of Marsh Media. And I want you to write this down. It's M-A-R-I-C-H media.com. And he's been doing this for more than 20 years. He's been planning and executing national and international campaigns for book launches, consumer products, special events, fundraisers, and openings in the theater, art, fashion, television, and film industries. And he worked with Michael Crichton for 16 years until Michael Crichton passed away at a very young age in November 2008. Michael Crichton was class of 1966 at uh, Roslyn High School. That's because I was class of 76 at Roswell High School. And Joe, there was a picture of Michael in, the, you know, in, in his basketball regalia in a place of honor in the school because he was a basketball star there before he became a famous author. Bet you didn't know that.
0: Which he hated, by the way. <laughs> what did he hate? Basketball. Because he was it 30. was his least favorite thing.
2: <laughs> what was he, 6'8"? He was very tall.
0: Yeah, six eight or six nine. 6'9".
2: Well, at any rate, before I had a New York Times bestselling book of my own, whenever I spoke, I'd say, by the way, Michael Crichton and I went to the same high school 10 years apart. And between us, we have 16 international bestsellers and five
0: <laughs> blockbuster <laughs> movies. That's funny. So
2: that is, uh, anyway, Joe, thank you for taking the time and coming on. So,
0: It's my pleasure to be here.
2: Well, so, let's get right into it. The hardest thing for folks today is to get attention because there's just so much clutter. Everybody has a website. Everybody's got a media-friendly website. Everybody's got a... Got a social media feed. So the question is, when you work with people who are just coming into the into the limelight for the first time, how do you build out a campaign? How do you how do you get attention for them, and, and where do you start?
0: Well, it's interesting because most people think you would start get their social media, you know, up and running, and get a website and all those kind of things. Actually, my job starts even before that and when I go speak to writers groups around the country, the first thing out of my mouth is before you even start your outline, you need to think about me because at some point when the book is done, I'm going to have to pick up the phone or send emails out to producers and, and writers and editors about your book. And if there is no topic of interest, to the media. You can write the best book in the world, but you're not going to get coverage no matter how good your social media is or how fancy your website is. So it's critical that when, when writers are starting to write their book. In fact, in my book that I wrote, I used an example. There was a woman, I was at the Maui writers conference and there were 10 writers sitting around. And what they did is they pitched me their book. And then I gave them kind of a thumbnail, knee-jerk reaction to how media-friendly the project was. And this woman wrote a book about how to reuse beer cans for fashion, for hats and vests and things like that. And I said, well, you're gonna, that is pretty much a, a really niche market that you're going to get the markets that, that cover like scrapbooking and you know, those kind of things. And I said, that's not bad. It's just, you're never going to be on really on the today show. And she had a fit. And (laughs) I said, just because you are interested in something doesn't mean everyone else is going to be. So the first thing that I get asked when I'm speaking to media outlets is what's the story? And when I'm talking to potential new clients, I ask this question every single time. Let's say I get five minutes on the Today Show. What do you want to talk about? And they're like, well, my book. And I respond, okay, but what about your book? How are you going to tie it in to something today? For example, the Today Show, that's a national show. So they have even more stringent requirements that people in every state in the country have to be interested in it. It can't be site-specific or location-specific where it's only going to be interesting to San Franciscans or Chicagoans or you know Atlanta or New York. It also has to be of interest to Oklahoma and Ohio and Nevada. So coming up with what is the story, media-wise, not about the project, but media-wise is the number one thing. And if you don't think about me before you start working on your outline, and any author that is listening to this, if they don't outline, don't even bother. An editor or publisher or media person within the first 30 pages can tell whether you've outlined your book or not. And if you haven't, they think it's going to end up a mess by the end because there's no structure to it. So that was a little sidebar and one of my little pet peeves. I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in there.
2: Let me just jump in for a second. First, a lot of the folks that we're talking to, maybe most, are not authors just because I'm a book guy and, and you work with a lot of authors. A lot of these folks are business people. Many are in the financial services industry. So they're listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, I've never imagined that I could be on the Today Show. I would just love to be on you know, I'd like to be on the local news here in Albany or here in Charleston. So the question is, how do you, or is it even possible to construct a story if you are a professional with a story to tell? How do you construct a story that would be attractive to a media outlet to put you on?
0: The same rules basically apply. The only difference would be that it would have to have a local angle. But you still need to have this, what information do you want to pass along to their viewers listeners readers if it's a newspaper you know story that you're going after and it also can't come across as being self-serving so again I I go back to the it's kind of rule number one is what is the story what exactly do you want people to know without it sounding like Well, Marsh Media, we're the best PR firm in Los Angeles. If you want, you know, it can't be, it can't sound like an infomercial. And you can bury that. There's a way around that. But basically what you want is you want really three major talking points. What are the three top pieces of information that you want to get across to the local market, to take your example? And that applies to anything. That applies to any kind of services, just all the business stuff that you were just talking about, people that are listening out there. It really doesn't matter what field or or what topic you're talking about. It's got to be of interest to the people that are going to read about it or listen to it or watch it. So you need three primary talking points, and then you stick to those. Any more than that, and the viewer starts getting confused about your message, so the clarity of those three talking points, they do have to be very clear and concise. And then you allow whoever is interviewing you, you allow them to expand, you know, to ask you, can you, can you explain that a little bit more? Can you go into more detail? And then they sort of take the reins after that. But if, if you can come up with three major points as to why people need you know this information and what the information is you're pretty much golden
2: okay i want to put you to the test let's say that you're working in a mid-sized city with a client who sells long-term care insurance which is a complicated and expensive product in the years past there was sort of a taint about it because there were some unsavory companies that were selling it and then one of the problems today is that the prices for it have gone up much more than anybody expected so people got sort of sticker shock when they opened their, their bills and they saw how much it had gone up since the previous year. So now here's our client who sells long-term care insurance and deeply believes in the product, sees how it helps people stay in their homes and they don't have to go to nursing homes and they end up with the best care and it's really wonderful. So our client deeply believes in the product but just is up against it trying to get any sort of attention. Is there any way that this person could get media attention? What would the three points be for that, that, that person?
0: You separate yourself from the pack. I know there's been stories about unsavory other companies you know, like ours. We are not them. We are known for X amount of years providing excellent service and no hassles, and the money is, yes, it's going to cost you money, but it's going to be worth it in the long run because if you don't have our insurance, your loved ones are going to be put in a less than fantastic place to live out their final days. And so these are five things, older people that, are, that need this sort of care, Here's five things that people need to think about. The media also loves lists. So if your loved one is about ready to go into long-term care, these are five things that everyone needs to know. Number one, make sure their financial arrangements are all on the up and up and any legal documents that you need are there. Number two, shop around, look at different places, you know, that kind of thing. So you're providing a service to the viewer, listener, reader. That's what those lists are key. And it may not be on the nose for the company, but you're doing a nice thing and you're giving information that people need that that is even ancillarily related to your product. I don't know if that made sense. Did I sort of go off the rails on that? No, no, no,
2: that was perfect. Let's do one more. Divorce attorney specializes in working with husbands and fathers in a medium-sized town. If that person came to you and to pay the freight, could you get the media?
0: Absolutely. In Springfield, Illinois, studies have shown that the courts favor women 95% to 5% men. Our whole reason for being is to at least level the playing field. We would at least like to get this to 50 50. So we are going to fight for you. Men typically get the short end of the stick when it comes to divorces and times are changing right now. And the justice system is, is starting to change in the past. No one's had your back. Even the courts didn't have your back. We now have your back men. If you are, thinking, you, you know, if your marriage is starting to fall apart and you think you're going to start divorce proceedings, here are three major things that you need to do. You need to separate your financials. You need to make sure the house and the car is in one of your names and, you know, whatever it is. I'm not a lawyer, so I really I would have yeah. to talk to the client about that. But that, that's sort of the thing where you bring in some sort of factoid you know, typically in years past, women are the ones that get supported by the by the legal system and a divorce. We are out to change that.
2: Joe, you're so compelling. I, I was about to hire you.
0: I'm if you call three two three nine five two seven three three nine, I'd be more than happy to talk to you.
2: No, I didn't mean for PR, yeah. I meant for divorce.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that I really can do. I am not a lawyer. <laughs> All right, just play one on
2: TV. So I'm not – I mean, I could give you a third exercise, but I'm not going to. The the point is that I hope the listeners are, are, are recognizing that they actually could be on local television, which is where their market is anyway for most of the folks who listen. They're sort of a geographical bounding <laughs> for most professionals. So you actually could be on the air, on radio or television, if you start to think first about – what's my message and what are the three points that I would make? And maybe what is the list of five things that you need to know or three, three to five things that you need to know about this topic. If you're facing this situation.
0: Is that exactly. And the other the, the key to, to all of that is also not to get discouraged because if one sort of pitch doesn't work, you come up with another one and you pitch that anytime when you're dealing with any media, there's kind of a cycle of things that are of interest to them. So because today they're not interested in the divorce attorney backing husbands, doesn't mean next month they're not going to want to do that. You put that aside. You, you kind of bubble that, and you try to come up with something that they might be interested in today. So you come up with another three points and another list, and you try that. And if that doesn't work, you bubble that, you put that off to the side and come back to that another time, and then you come up with another one. That's what I spend my entire day doing. Just because I'm really good at this doesn't mean every pitch, you know, I hit a home run on on every one of them. The pitch is not necessarily bad. It's just right now it's not a topic that is of interest to them. Because of world events, you know, whatever is going on in the world, there, now there's, you know, people dying in, on the island there that everybody's getting sick. You know, how to stay healthy when you travel. That's going to be much more interesting because there's a tie-in to what's happening in the world today, right now. So and they call it a peg, fancy, for just it's got to have something to do with what's going on today. So just because you try once, and not for nothing, but why publicists? Get paid a lot more than people think. It's because of this very thing. We have to constantly go back, go back, go back, go back. I'll pitch sometimes to 2,000 outlets around the country, and maybe I'll get three responses. I got to come up with another one, and then I send out another 2,000 of them. So it just depends, you know, you can't get discouraged by this. And, and you can't yell at your publicist if it doesn't work right away. You know, it takes time. There's some outlets, I'll pitch seven times before I get something that works.
2: Can the listeners do the pitching themselves?
0: No. Well, that's not true. That's, that's, that's not true. That's not 100% true. Okay. Their chances are a little bit less. But you can actually, almost every, every major news outlet in anybody's town, large or small, has a, if you have a story idea, you know, there's a link on, the, on their website where you fill out a form and you say what you think the idea is. That actually can work if you're, if you're persistent. And again, if you have a good message that we talked about earlier. What they don't like, it's kind of like having a lawyer involved in any kind of business deal, the lawyer acts as a buffer. So if there is something that goes off the rails, everybody can turn to the lawyer and go, well, you were supposed to handle this. You're the lawyer. So what a publicist is, it's a way for the media people to, frankly, be honest. When I pitch, they're like, no, never going to happen. Never going to be interested. Never call me back if it's directly the you know the person, the client, calling directly to the media, they start to get whiny. Well, why not? Why don't, this is good, I swear to God, I have the best business ever. Why? You have to do a story. And they just don't want to deal with that. Whereas I hear, never going to happen, that's a hard no, forget it, and move on, give me something else, something better or something different. And then I go back to the client and go, well, they really, that wasn't, you know, it doesn't fit with what they're kind of doing right now. My recommendation is we try this. And then they either approve it or not. And then I go back to the media person, well, what about this? And they're like, all right, that's better, but still not it. You know, and we do this back and forth thing. So people, because they're emotionally involved involved, in whatever project it is, whether it's a financial business or insurance or a book or a movie or whatever it is, you know, people have put their blood, sweat, and tears into this. And to hear somebody point blank tell them what you put your blood, sweat, and tears in is of no interest to us whatsoever, (laughs) that's hard. You know, that's 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 a rough one. So they really do kind of prefer now, like I said, they all have, you know, most of them all have websites that you can send a picture and idea. And, and I highly recommend that because there's no confrontation. You know, they all say, if we're interested, we'll let you know. Otherwise leave us alone. And fair enough. You know, if you're, if your thing is good enough, they'll go, Hey, I'm interested in this. And then they will contact you and then you go back and forth. But publicists typically have relationships with people, so it's easy for me to go, hey, Dan, listen, I got a new client. It's going to be great. This is the, kind of the talking points. This is where I'm thinking the interview can go. And then they'll go, all right, Joe, send me the stuff. It's still not guaranteed that they're going to do it. It just means that they'll take a look at it.
2: So I just want to recap what we're saying, and that is that first, if you're a professional and – I think it's probably even easier if you're not in a New York or a Los Angeles, that in your community, it is possible to get radio, TV coverage, newspaper, magazine coverage, to the extent there's still newspapers in your town. But it's, right. poss- it's possible to get media coverage that you might not have imagined you could have gotten. That's the first thing, is that it really is possible. The second is that you've got to have a clear message. It cannot be completely self-serving. It's got to be beneficial to the listener. And three clear points or three to five you know, that sort of listicle thing where you're, that list, these are three to five things you need to know about. And then if you've got that, then rather than you doing it yourself, if you want national media, you hire Joe. But if you want local media, you find a local publicist who's gonna have the links to the local shows, and then you let that person handle the rejection and just, you know, talk professional to professional with the broadcast people or with the media people, and then sit back and then before you know it, there's a good chance that you're going to be on the air somewhere. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Nicely done. <laughs> <My God. laughs> yeah, I mean the the thing is, it's just like if your car breaks down, you know, you take it to somebody that knows how to fix cars, and specifically your, you know, your make and model of car. You let the professionals do what they do. You, I mean, you don't do your own dentistry. You know, you go to a dentist. So that's sort of the thing. But, but a lot of people think that what publicists do, because, you know, a lot of us are very expensive and in PR, you really do get what you pay for. If it's some kid that just graduated college or whatever, he's going to charge you, you know, a buck 50 to do this, but he's not going to know anybody. He's not going to know. He hasn't had the experience to know how to keep adapting the message to try again and again and again. And, you know, you really do honestly get what you pay for. But even that is better than trying to do this yourself because at least there's a working knowledge of how media works. And so, you know, it really is to everyone's benefit to hire a, a professional and to be aware that, that you're going to have to put budget aside for that. We are always the last thing that everybody thinks about budget-wise, and it's maddening to me because it's like if people don't know you exist, You can have the best company or product in the world, but if nobody knows about it, you're going to go under. You need somebody, a professional, to help you get your message out about your product or service because you don't know what you're doing. I mean, you know how to make your product or do your service, but you don't know how to get people interested in knowing that you exist. So that's actually one of the most maddening things that I get. Or they call me up. Oh yeah. We launched our company three days ago. Can you help us with PR? I'm like, why didn't you call me two months ago? And they're like, Oh, we didn't think about it. We thought we wouldn't need it. Uh, you, You have no idea if I had a nickel. No, if I had a penny for every time I heard that I'd have a house, a mansion in Beverly Hills.
2: Let me jump in for a second. The irony here is that we're trying to convince professionals. We're trying to convince people to hire them as professionals to hire a professional to do PR. Right? Mm-hmm. So, exactly. <laughs> so, basically, if you're listening and you're a professional, and chances are you are, then you know that it's important for people to hire the best, which is you, and to be ready to pay for it, and, uh, and that's why you command the high fees that you command, because you're great at what you do. The challenge is, how do you get more people to know about you, and the reality is that you can get TV, radio, media attention, you can be on the air, but you're going to need a professional who does that the same way you specialize in what you do. Is that correct?
0: That is exactly it. And that is one of the hardest things to get potential clients to understand. And right. I don't know where the disconnect is, but there is a disconnect and it's very rare that somebody that, it, that clicks in somebody's head going, Oh yeah, I get it. It's really difficult
2: my brother-in-law started off his career working for young and Rubicam and in advertising and people came up to him and said, Oh, so you write the captions that go under the pictures and the ads for whatever reason, people, people have a real hard time understanding exactly what marketers and advertisers do in our society. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mad Men changed that. Maybe now people get it, but I don't know. So who's the, who's the ideal client for you? Who do you, who do you like to work with and, and how do you serve them? What do you do for, for those folks?
0: My favorite client is somebody who understands what I do, respects what I do, and kind of leaves me alone and lets me do it until I need them. I tell clients all the time, going, If you don't hear from me, it means I'm working my butt off. If I'm chatting with you on the phone for 45 minutes, it means I'm waiting for people to respond, and so I have time to kill. You know, and and okay. a lot of times they're like, I haven't heard from you in two days. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing stuff for you. I'm sending out thousands of emails. I'm making hundreds of follow-up calls. I'm trying to figure out different angles for you. Yeah. And that takes time, you know. <laughs> and so my favorite kind of clients are ones that understand PR and marketing and, and advertising. And and also that have an interesting story. And people who are well-spoken, and if I do get them an interview or an on-camera thing, they're going to be interesting or entertaining or, you know, they're not going to freeze on camera kind of a thing. So there's a personality that's certainly involved in it. I mean, that's not a, you know, a deal breaker, but it's helpful. But people that are pleasant to deal with, I've had, I, out of, honest to God, I've launched probably, I've had 900 clients or something since I opened my company up in 93, and there are only two clients that I've had serious problems with and who we've ended really on a bad note, which is extremely unusual for me because I try to be as helpful as possible to everybody, but there, there was a, a lot of unreasonableness and what their expectations were. And every new client, there's I send emails about our, our phone conversation saying, as per today's conversation, these are the points that we talked about. And I'm very clear about managing the client's expectations. And both of these two different clients that didn't end well, they were going, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Well, they hired me on a Monday and they're screaming at me by Friday going, why am I not on the Today show yet? And I said, well, we talked about this. This is going to take, you know, a few weeks to get this all sorted out. That's ridiculous. And only they were, you know, (laughs) being much more belligerent. And I said, listen, I'm willing to tear up the contract and return your money. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. So, You know, managing the client's expectations. Yes, that's that's part of my job is to make sure that any new client understands the process and how long it takes. And I explain to clients all the time that your time is not the same as media time. You think you know because they've been they're sitting at home staring at the phone, going, when is he going to call? When is he going to call with with an interview? When is he going to call with an interview? And time drags that way, but the media people they're fielding one, two, three, four hundred pitches a day, so a lot of times I have to pitch them six times before they they get to it, so you know that's kind of an issue, but most clients are actually you know once I explain the system and how this all works, they're really pleasant, but you know they have to they do have to and there are clients that I don't take because I don't think there's a story that the media is going to be interested in. And I don't want to take somebody's money and fail. You know, that's that's not my, that doesn't make me feel good. So I really have to, you know, believe that we stand a chance for me to take a client on, that I can do something, that, I, that there's a story I can tease out of whatever their project is. So that's sort of, you know, the key. I know I rambled on a bit about that
2: no, that, no, that. no, that's very helpful. Okay, let's say somebody wants to reach out to you. I know the website is Marsh Media and it's spelled M-A-R-I-C-H com. And you mentioned the phone number. What's the best phone or email for you?
0: You can do Joe Marsh at MarshMedia.com. That's my email. And phone is three two three nine five two seven three three nine.
2: 7339 Joe, thank you so much for taking the time. I really enjoyed this. This was fun. And I hope the uh, listeners got a lot out of it, and I hope that a bunch of them call you and you get them on the Today Show within 48 hours.
0: (laughs) Your lips to God's ears, right? (laughs) I don't don't think that's possible, but we'll give it a shot. You never know. Thank you so much for having me on, Michael. I really appreciate it. If anybody has any questions, feel free to let me know.
2: Sounds great. Joe, thank you again for taking the time. I really enjoyed this, too. All the best. Thank you.
1: Hey, Advisorist Nation, are you ready to take your insurance or financial services practice to the next level? And are you prepared to fill your calendar with high quality appointments and bring so many leads that you get to pick and choose with whom you're going to work with? If yes, then be sure to check out Advisorist, a premium members only community of insurance and financial advisors who are striving to excellence. Inside this community, you'll learn the strategies and tactics that most successful service providers are using, and you'll be able to implement them and see results faster than you ever thought was possible. Get all of the details here at advisorist.com forward slash membership. That's advisorist.com forward slash membership, advisorist.com forward slash membership. We'll see you inside. You could be larger.